Blog Talk Radio. This is Marty Oakley. This is TS Radio Network. It is November 17, 2021, and we've got a special show for you again tonight. And this is, we've got Peggy Dupree and Betty Gosnell back, and they're going to cover several things involving guardianship and what's going on with the law and who's making money and what. Before we get to that, I've had numerous messages this week about what I should be doing. After 14 years of doing this with little to no support from anyone, I don't think I need suggestions from anyone. I got us all the way to D.C. with this. I put this on a stage there right in the middle of the Predators and got it out there. I don't work with politicians. You can't work with them. They will lie to you faster than it's incredible. Bills that come out. We see these bills, the Elder Justice and Protection Act, which was nothing but a load of crap. One bill after another that does not cite any criminal activity, doesn't have any enforcement in it, doesn't have anything to say who would commit the enforcement, nothing. Just roll on the way it is. One bill ended with uh, victims should have the right to choose their own attorney. They have that right anyway, but it's taken away from them in probate tribunal. These are not courts of law. These are specially created tribunals that do not adhere to the law. <clears throat> Excuse me. You've been subjected to statute, regulation, and code, which has nothing to do with the law. Those are always erected to bypass the law, to bypass the Constitution, to bypass your rights. Your right to a jury trial, never present in probate court. Your right to due process seldom happens in probate court. They can hold hearings without you even being notified that a hearing is being held about you. You can be declared incompetent without them ever speaking to you, and you can be seized, kidnapped, held in isolation, and robbed blind while this so-called noble judiciary turns a blind eye and goes, oh, we, we don't see anything wrong. This is what's going on. Now, the Britney Spears case brought this to the forefront that people had to admit this actually does happen and it happens on a daily basis all across the country the system cannot be repaired it was built to be broken it was built to violate your rights to do exactly what they're doing it cannot be repaired it must be abolished now what has become a significant movement in the last two years is supported decision-making. And because it has become so popular, now they're coming out with laws that say, well, you have to have approval first before you can file this. And if you didn't get to do, jump through these certain hoops, your supported decision-making agreement, it doesn't count. It doesn't matter. Uh, they've come up with all sorts of things. And we've seen one bill after another come out that does absolutely nothing 
nothing to protect the victims, but as everything to protect the predators and keep them in business. These are these politicians that so many of you are salavering around and talking about, oh, I talked to so-and-so, big whoop. Now, as far as bills go, you can write a bill and maybe even get somebody to sponsor it, and it can be a damn good bill from start to finish. But once it's tabled for a hearing, that bill can be amended 10,000 times by the bar associations, by the guardianship associations, by whomever wants to come in there and add or change anything in it. And if it does come up for a vote, what comes up for a vote bears little resemblance to the bill you wrote. It's all been redone and reworked, but they don't have to tell you that. And then the other problem we have is people read the title. They don't read the bill. Words have meanings. You've got to read the context. You've got to read what they actually wrote. The title is always misleading. And anything that ends with the word act on a bill is something the government is going to do by force. So watch for that word, you know, an act to do this or that means we're going to do this by force. And usually when you read those bills, somebody's making a lot of money, one of those precious stakeholders, and somebody's going to get the screws put to them, usually somebody out here in the public. But anyway, so this is kind of where we're going to be going tonight. Betty and Peggy are far more versed on this than I am. So I'm going to turn this over right now to Betty Gosnell. Betty, go ahead and take us where we need to go. Okay, um, I've read that there's 12 states now that have support decision-making. And so now Florida is uh, doing the support decision-making. It's called the SB 1010 Support Supported Decision-Making, and it's the 2021 session. So in uh, February the 2nd, 2021, the the Senate filed it. February the 10th, 2021, referred to Children, Families, and Elder Elder Affairs appropriation rules, and in 4-30-21, the bill died. But they're, they're claiming that the bill died, but they're having meetings, uh, private, private meetings to discuss the decision, the, the supported decision-making. So apparently the bill has not died. And uh, the bill claims, claims to uh, be less restrictive, but... They're having um, concealed hearings so that the public does not know what's exactly in the bill. So, is there anything you want to add to the Peggy? Yes. Uh, good evening, everybody. This is Peggy Dupree, and I would like to uh, mention what Betty just uh, said. Uh, the bill hasn't died, even though on the Florida uh, uh, Legislation Senate uh, Committee it does state it died, but right now as we speak, we have the Florida Guardianship Improvement Task Force, which is made out of circuit courts, legislators, judges, law- lawyers, guardians, and others working on to revise that Senate Bill 1010. What has happened is lawyers realized that they didn't have certain legal language in place why they had to make it look like died until they get the proper legal language back on the table so it can get uh, adjourned through the legislation. So, uh, they did a uh, uh, committee, the DCF did a committee back in July the 1st, 2019, prior before they did this Senate Bill 1010. But the lawyers realized they made a lot of mistakes to implement certain things that would protect the state of Florida. So that is why it is tied. So right now what has happened is 
DCF, uh, the Department of Justice and DCF have uh, joined forces, which they wrote a policy to the governor, Ron DeSantis, which he signed executive order for our Department of Children. This is federal level, Marty. It'll be in every state to take over the guardianship program, which implements the decision, the support decision making. Okay, the guardianship uh, is never going to go away. The 744 is never going to go away. All it's going to do is give more control to the state, which uh, once that ward signs that uh, agreement to join the decision-making, if that person is uh, killed under the uh, guardianship, say he's in a guardianship or she's in a guardianship, Okay, so say the courts go to the ward and say, okay, I need you to fill this support decision-making out. They sign the form, which waives all public officials from any wrongdoings that they do. Now, these are people are supposed to be disabled. Why are they making them sign this bill, which I'm alarmed because that's exploiting them. So they sign this bill, they sign this agreement with the state, which they can never get their money back if they, if they uh, waste or commit fraud in their estates, they can't get the money back. If they end up uh, dying, they can't be sued. It's a system, Marty, state has no liabilities of anything they do to the ward. It's very dangerous, these decision-making being implemented. And what I find very alarming is now that when people try to file complaints with the DOJ and law enforcement, now they have federal grants allocated to them. Years ago when I worked for DCF, we had private investigators that if somebody called in and stated that they uh, was reporting uh, abuse claims, it went to the detective, they called up on it, and then they, you know, they went to the sheriff's department if they had probable cause. Well, now what is happening is they're taking it out of house of DCS and giving all the money allocated to each sheriff's department in each county, which is going to be trillions of dollars in the state of Florida. And this is federal this is in every state that's happening. Uh, in January, you're going to see a lot of uh, new bills being passed where the system is going to be put in place where they can take your estate, they can take your money, bank, votes. Your elderly loved ones, your words, you'll not go to get a jury trial. You'll not see what the law enforcement found probable cause because under the DCF closure, disclosure and confidential, they have now signed with the Department of Justice it's a one-sided a system. So, you know, it's no need to even hire a lawyer in because you're wasting your money because the state has full control over you. It's more ownership. The state owns that person and their money. There's not going to be no audits. You're not going to see where the money goes. You can't even request it because it's all going to be confidential. So you don't know how much Medicaid fraud is going to be taking place, how much Medicare fraud is going to be taking place, and all these federal funds that they have now allocated to the sheriff's department and DCF, you know, it used to be the adult, the adult funding. Now they're making it the children also. So uh, this is where we're at. It's called the Guardianship Assistance Program eligibility. You have to go through DCF to apply for it. But how can you apply for it if it's non-disclosure and confidential? Uh, they write these Senate bills up, but they contradict everything they're saying, Marty, in these bills. I, you know, and that's what hits me, too. When you actually read the bills, what they actually get down to voting on, it is nothing but a system of word trickery. Uh, what should have been there isn't there. What it appears to say in one paragraph is negated in the next one. 
you can't make heads or tails of that these bills are written to be openly interpreted at their convenience. And the whole system, I say, it needs to be abolished. It needs to be done away with. Um, I noticed recently, I watch the Bar Association all the time to see what they're doing, and now they've adopted assisted a supported decision making and they support it they think it's a good uh, as long as a good guardian is overseeing everything they keep that predator in there to keep that money train rolling uh this is what i'm saying it sounds good at first when you actually read it 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 is a it's like stepping on a landmine exactly go ahead and what they don't tell you marty is uh, the uh, the, floor, the bar association has went to Congress petitioning that guardianships in every state be uh, confidential, not to the public. I have a problem with that. There's not going to be no transparency. There could be a lot of gross fraud going on, and we won't be able to detect it. So that's why we need to take this on the federal level. And then, for example, I can give you, like, uh, Florida has a power of attorney act, section 709.2101. Now, it does not clarify, you know, when these decision-making implemented, if you have this in place prior before a guardianship or this decision-making, they're supposed to put that in, in, in front of it. Well, it's up to the judge to determine if you have it, if it's, uh, the language is good enough to, of her approval. It shouldn't be like that. This is something personal you've done for your family member. The court should not get involved in your civil rights. And they're doing it every single day. And uh, and with DCF being able to regulate this program, there's no transparency that's going to take place. And that is why uh, we're fighting in January to take this to a federal level because it needs to be abolished because it's a system guaranteed for each state to win. You're not win. You're not get records. Even if you retain an attorney, you're wasting your money because that attorney will not be able to get police records, DCF records, because it's all disclosure and confidential. So how can we prove that we did not commit these acts if we cannot have access to these records? So this is a problem that we need to resolve in a federal level to take it away from judges. We need to take less, we need to take powers away from judges. They have too much control over our lives. When the judicial system was made up, it was make it was supposed to be for people that killed people, raped, committed heinous crimes. But now we find that every year they're implementing programs to take more control over our lives, and we do not want it, but they're forcing us into these programs against our will. And that that needs to be – and that's what we're working on, trying to get change on the federal level in legislation. You know, here uh, about three years ago – I was into it with several people in the Minnesota legislature while I lived up there. And one woman wrote me, she was a staffer for a senator, and she said, oh, she said they they just love the probate system. It saved the, the state a ton of money every year. And I wrote her back, I said, you mean it makes the state a ton of money every year? That's what you're talking about. This is This is nothing but a money train rolling in that can't be documented uh, traced or anything else. I said, it's like uh, Section 20 out of um, uh, Social Security. And that allows block grants. And the states get millions of millions of dollars a year in block grants through this program. And 
I always use 2015 Illinois because it just hit me like a ton of bricks. They got $42 million in a block grant. $19 million of it was earmarked for elder services. But there's no auditing. It goes straight into the state treasury with no accounting. And so saying that it, you know, it's earmarked doesn't mean any. Of course, Illinois is – that is such a cesspool. I, I think Florida exactly. is coming up a, a hard first on it. And, um, but this, this whole thing, all of this is set up not to help anyone. This is about profiting. This is about profiting exactly. on members of the public that are vulnerable. Go ahead. And that is exactly right, Marty, and they're going to get by with it. Uh, right now, uh, they're going through every county in the state of Florida, and I know it's taking place in every other state. Well, Congress, uh, these, these legislators in each state has to go at the beginning of January next year, 2022, and they got to say, okay, what is your proposal going to be with the guardianship and the decision support making? And that is where they're going to start saying, well, we want this for our state, we want that for our state. That's when we all need to come in and say, no, this is not what we want, because these attorneys want everything to be concealed. DCS wants everything to be concealed. The Sheriff's Department wants everything to be concealed. The judges want everything to be concealed. No, we're paying these people. These are public servants. We're paying them to do a job, and they're not doing their job. And that's why we need to start taking these these uh, programs away. We need to abolish these programs because it's putting the public in danger, not helping. I have I have researched the data of the legislation. I'm sure you have too, Marty. And out of the data that I have collected so far in the state of Florida and North Carolina, there's a 100% data that protects the public uh, officials uh, that harms the ward. There's no safeguard in legislation that's been written so far that has uh, clauses in there that says, okay, if you harm the ward, you're going to prison. I mean, it's 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 like a it's a different uh, criminal system. If they murder, if a if a ward gets murdered in a guardianship, it's not treated the same as a regular murder case because that person wasn't in a guardianship. If you follow what I'm saying, they have certain criminal codes they have to go by. But when I was talking to the sheriff's department, he said the problem with it is. We cannot treat these murder cases, these, these guardianships that these, these people uh, are murdered in or uh, human sex trafficked in because it's called a civil action. It, it, it gives them less authority to investigate. Now it's put more words in danger by them implementing the sheriff involved in these federal block grants that's being allocated to each state and these guardianships. The sheriff's office should be defunded from these programs, I feel, because they are put to uphold the law, regardless if it's a public official or non-public official committing these acts, they need to be treated the same. If not being treated the same, we're getting a system where it's a double standard. The public officials, are they commit these heinous crimes, and they even have legislations put in place that even states, if a judge commits a heinous crime against a ward, they are protected under immunity clause. That needs to be revoked immediately. Why hasn't any senators in any states uh, petitioned this? It's very alarming that the public is just setting back and millions of people are getting their estates stolen left and right. And Britney Spears is the one that did open a lot of people's eyes and get people talking. 
I go to town every day and I ask people, do you know what guardianship is? Never heard of it. This is why we need to get a campaign going. We need to take this on the federal level to educate the public because they are censoring us, Marty, on TV and in the media about these guardianships. Most of these politicians own TV stations and newspapers, so they're censoring it so it can't get out to the media. And we need to we need to open up a new dollar, think outside the box to inform the public this is what's taking place in legislation. And this is taking place on a federal level that will impact you. Now you may say, Well, it doesn't affect me, I don't and I'm not gonna bother with it. What will it affect you? Because through this legislation, if they make it through a federal level, any doctor can come up and say, Okay, this person has hundreds of acres, we're gonna take it. That the doctor can examine you. Uh, declare you unfit now under a DCF non-disclosure, you can't. You there's no way to rebut it or to appeal it because it's all closed. This is why we need to abolish it. It cannot be fixed, folks. You hear? It cannot be you fixed. Know. The guardianship is tied in with the decision making, and what they're doing with the Power of Attorney Act is that they're leaving up to each individual judge to decide if it's enough information in that power of attorney, and if it's not, this judge can override it and put you in a guardianship. It's already uh, designed to put you in a guardianship anyway. You can't escape this. The only way for us to escape this is to abolish it completely. Well, and I think another thing that people have to be worried about is the danger you're in going into the hospital. If you are over 50, you're a target. Uh, the first thing that happens when you get admitted is they uh, run an asset search. And now most hospitals have a guardian on staff and lawyers on staff who will guardianize you overnight. And everything changes at that point. Uh, elderly people, you get up to 60 and 70, your life is in danger going in the hospital. You are in more danger there than anywhere else. We have hospitals, um, I think out in Virginia, they passed a law out there that when you go into the hospital, you lose all rights to make your own medical decisions. They're all made by medical personnel in the hospital. This should never happen. This should never happen. But we are being made targets. We are being made prey. They are setting us up. And it's just waiting for you to come into the system. And this whole thing of of funding these people to prey on the public absolutely turns my stomach. Betty, what are your thoughts? Um, Well, in the state of Florida, they were guardianizing Medicare patients. That's the disabled and elderly. If uh, they went to the hospital too much or something, they said that they were taking up space. So they would actually guardianize them because they took up space in the hospital. Because they wanted... uh, Paying people with insurance, paying patients. Yeah. But then they take it these is people just, it, and guardianize them and make millions off the Medicare yes. and government funding that they can get from them. And then I yes, would like there's to all kinds talk of about, targeted uh, funding that comes into this. Yeah, like go the ahead. hospitals, they're also affiliated with the police and the DCF, and and they're all in cahoots. They're all tied together. Like like Peggy says. One agency works for the next. So, like, if someone commits a crime against you, you can't go to the police and report it because they work with DCF. It's designed that way now. And, um, like, in Orange County, Florida, um, uh, an attorney, Sean McMillan, sued for $4.9 million uh, for uh, um, case workers lying, social workers lying. And... uh, 
the attorney himself was awarded $3 million. So by the time they were done, $9.3 million costing taxpayers. And, and this is common. That's caseworkers lie. But there's no justice. Well, that's Hardly ever the, is a caseworker ever arrested. Any time there is even what you would think is a beneficial judicial decision, like granting you know this this suit, the thing is, uh, it's the taxpayers who foot the bill. It isn't these people who stole the estate. It isn't these attorneys who conned the court. And remember something: when you go into that tribunal or a court of law, that attorney that's standing there, his first oath is to defend that court from you whether that is your attorney or the opposing attorney, that is their first obligation is to defend the court from you. And this is why I say we need to bust up these bar associations. This is a monopoly. We didn't allow AT&T to have a monopoly. Why are we allowing this? I don't understand. Um, And the money that can be made from this is just, you know, as someone pointed out to me a couple years ago, one person in your community – on Social Security can be trapped in this system. And in the community, they can generate as much as a million dollars worth of business between attorneys, between guardians, between hospitals, doctors, whatever else they come up with. And the the victim is paying for all of this. And if they can't pay, then the public pays. This is nothing but a system of graft it is nothing it is a disgusting system it never was intended to protect anyone it was to seize people and their assets and take them that's all it's ever been about it guardianship has been around for a couple thousand years but it was always to take land to take assets of any kind and always under the the state is going to protect you well we all know the state isn't going to protect us it is the state who is causing us harm, and they're pay, making us pay to do it. I, go ahead, girls. Uh, Betty? Go ahead, Peggy. Okay. I would like to go over some things with you, little tricks that they're going to be playing, okay? When they're revising this, you have to understand, you never, ever want to waive your family law. That means, like, if you're a parent and you have a child uh, and the judge is going to say, do you waive your rights? You never, you say no. That protects you and it keeps you under the family law, not a guardianship law. This is very important. Also, if you are, have an elderly person in your home, you want to always say, I am going, I, don't, I have never waived my rights under the family law. And they cannot force you under the guardianship laws, okay? That's one thing to remember. Second, I want you to remember something. They're doing on these uh, decision-making, uh, they're going to have like two or three pages. They're going to ask the family members, and they're going to ask the ward to fill out. Do not do that because, remember, you have to stay under the family law to keep the judge. That's what it is. It's a trick them. to have them waive their rights. Okay, right. So I want to explain something to you. Now, since this is went federal and the DOJ has approved it through the DCF, now, DCF has to take the ward's rights and the family's rights away from you from the family law, okay? Just follow me. Okay, once they take your rights from the family law, now they can put you into the guardianship laws, 
Okay. Then once they get you into the decision makers, they're going to ask you questions like this. Now remember, each time you fill this out, it takes your rights away. They're going to ask you about choices about your education. If you put anything down, the DCF takes over your education. Uh, they're going to ask you questions about applying for public benefits and seeking home care services, such as laundry, cooking. They'll take all those rights away from you. Uh, making choices about how I spend my money and how I save the money. Now, once you uh, say yes, you want assistance with that, the state takes over that. They're, they're allowed to go into your bank and seize your account and do what they see fit, okay? Um, making choices about legal matters. Now, once you say yes, DCF has all legal uh, legal authority to put you under that disclosure and confidential. Don't allow it to happen. Do not sign these decision-making support plans because it is a trick for DCF to be able to put you under their laws so they don't have to uh, uh, give you the, uh, the documentation. They can keep it under seal. Uh, they'll be doing all your bank accounts, supports to help you. Don't, don't sell anything. It's a, this is a trick to get you under DCF. Uh, and then they're going to ask you about your legal documents, power of attorney, health directory. Once you say, yes, you have that, they can, the judge can revoke it then. Um, it's very scary, the little tricks that they're playing with these decision-making that's fixing to go in place. Now, I do know a, a friend that shared a little bit of information what these lawyers are doing is um, the judges haven't figured out how they're going to determine who is going to be the, the guardian advocate. They're still trying to figure out how they can make it look like it is uh, open to the public, but in reality, it's not going to be. It's going to be the court, DCF. Um, they're going to be authority independency. Each of my supporters may exercise their authority. You're giving DCF this authority. Now, remember, DC is over the guardianship. Uh, my supporters may share information with others, yes or no, that when you sign that, you're giving doctors. DCF can give all your Social Security numbers to as many doctors. Hundreds of doctors commit Medicare and Medicaid fraud, and there's no audits going to be taking place. There's no way to check records. Uh, right, but they say, it's a, they say it's assistance of a supporter, but it's not your family. It's DCF. It's the, correct, Betty, and this is why I'm telling people you're, they're going to give them three or, three or four sheets of paper they have to enter into court. This should be a warning sign. Why do you even have to enter your, do, your wishes? Your parents, your grandparents, your uncles and aunts, you should have family members helping you, guide you. I mean, they did it since birth. I mean, there should be somebody in place. Now, there is a percentage, well, maybe 1% out there, that may have to fall under this because they don't have anybody. I find it hard to believe, but I, it could be possible. But majority, 90%, 99% of people don't need this decision-making. A power of attorney should be enough, and we should have it on a federal level where a judge can't override it. And this is the problem. We need to take this on a federal level because these forms that they're going to be having people fill out, uh, it's about your food choice and your clothing. You're, once you sign all this, uh, health care, um, how I spend my time, you're waiving all your rights to DCF. It's a trick, and it's very, very disturbing that these senators are not stopping the decision-making. What they should be doing is say what we need to do is do the Power of Attorney Act and make sure the judges can't override what the families has in place for their disabled person or the elderly. 
and that would protect you, and you wouldn't need to go to court, and the court couldn't take your seizure money in your accounts. I mean, it's simple, but with them doing it this way, they can defraud millions of dollars from the state, which we have to pay back, and that is what we need to stop. And right, and and I'd like to mention that whenever um, a disabled or elderly person is with their family, the family member has to take that person to a doctor to be seen if they're sick. You know, they would say it's neglectful if you hadn't been taking that person to the doctor. But under DCF care, they don't have to take that person to to a doc or be seen by a doctor, but maybe once a year. That's it's all they have study. to be seen. So all, if they're sick, years. they need to be hospitalized. They don't see a doctor. They just lay there in an institution or nursing home. And another thing about DCF, if a person is uh, raped under DCF care, they don't have to call law enforcement. All they have to do, I know this is disturbing to hear this, uh, all they have to do is write a report into the journal, and nobody never sees that but the state. That victim that was raped never gets medical treatment and, and cared. If they contract AIDS, or syphilis or any other deadly disease, uh, the state uh, is waived because they have immunity because that victim was under DCF. The idea that these people have immunity, the 14th Amendment says the laws will be applied equally to all men. It does not say if you got on a black robe or you work for DCF or you know, you're exempt from this. This thing of voting themselves immunity and our government sitting there twiddling its thumb and not saying anything about it is disgusting. These people do not have immunity. I don't care how, how they vote or what they decide. They do not have immunity, but they're extending this now that if you're an officer of the court, like a guardian, you have immunity. You can't be sued. Really? I take exception to that. And the idea that the judiciary up to the Supreme Court, which to me is absolutely worthless, it absolutely it it, it it shouldn't even be there. It is worthless. Its only function was to compare what came before it to the Constitution. Did it stand the test? That was their only only mandate. They have gone far beyond that. And we see them hand out one opinion after another that violates the rights of people in general, that violate laws, that do all kinds of things. But what I'm saying is this. We have got to stop allowing these people to vote themselves immunity. No, you do not have immunity. And even if your office has immunity, you as a person do not. So even though I may not be able to sue the judicial council, I can sue individually the members of it in their personal capacity for malfeasance, for misusing their position to harm the public. There are ways around this, but you're not supposed to know it. But no one should have immunity. No one. You commit a crime, you should be held accountable the same as the rest of us. Well, I agree 100%, but the problem we're having, Marty, is all these agencies are now working together where if you report a judge acting outside the judicial robe, they're, they're put to play, and the police won't do anything because they are working with the courts and DCF and these guardianship cases. So... You know, I've had a, a a case where someone came to me and said, well, can you help me, Peggy? Can you give me directions? Me and my wife, we went to the DA, and we reported a judge stealing $2 million of ours. What can we do? And I said, well, what did the DA say first? They told us to shut our mouth and go home and don't come back. 
This is how bad it's gotten in the judicial system, Marty. It's broken. This whole system is completely broken from the Supreme Court to the lower courts, and this is what we need to do. We need to take it on the federal level and abolish it all. The programs, uh, these uh, DCF programs, this uh, uh, guardianship programs, these Baker Act programs, people have health insurance. They have Medicaid. They have things if they're suicidal to go into the hospitals. They don't need law enforcement involved, and they don't need um, DCF because DCF, uh, I'll give you an example. I had uh, about 20 cops at my house saying somebody said I was suicidal because I turned a doctor in for committing Medicaid fraud. They abuse the positions. They fabricate stories up. And what is the statistic of how many people, I know these people that have committed suicide, but what is the statistic? What can we do to get, make sure that they are protective and not abused by the, the programs that's already in place? It's like in the guardianship programs. I have found so much fraud in these guardianship programs, but yet the state don't do, doesn't do anything about it because they go by statutes. We need to take it on the federal level and abolish it so then they can't abuse the funds anymore. Take the funds away from them. The only way to fix this problem is to abolish it, and it's going to take millions of petitions to get it done. It can get done if we all work together. I agree with that. You know, I found in Minnesota here some years ago, um, we were trying to report a case of a person being seized illegally, and we went to the police. They said they couldn't do anything. Go to the sheriff's department. So we went to the sheriff's department. The sheriff's department said, oh, we can't intervene. You have to go to the state attorney general. We did. And we were told by them the same thing that the federal DOJ told us was um, that one state agency will not go against the other. It's a system of cover your ass. And they support each other. And they'll cover for each other. But they said that you've made the mistake. You think we're here to protect you from wrongdoing. We aren't. We're here to protect the state from you. And they said, go to your police department, see if they'll, and they just send you in this big circle. Nobody's going to do anything. And you're right. Why should the sheriff's department, the police department be involved? What, what is their interest in this? And I, there's, there's so much in this. This is a gang of predators, nothing less. They don't care about you. They don't care about your family. They don't care about the misery they cause. They don't care about any of that. It's what do you have that we want, and we're going to exactly. take it. Exactly. What, and, yeah, and what can we it. take? Well, it, yeah. Yep. I'm sorry, Betty. Go and ahead. like, um, I like to talk about Britney Spears. You know, she talks about okay. how she's going to sue the father, but the father, he couldn't have done anything without the courts, and he, he didn't get all that money. There's doctors and guardians and, and this agency and that agency, and I'm sure DCF was involved, and and this and this girl is worth millions of dollars. If, if she did have a nervous breakdown, couldn't they have gotten her uh, doctors the best care, the best counselors, the best psychologists, psychiatrists? This girl could have gotten anything she needed. Why did she need to be under DCF care? Why did she need to be a ward of the state? Exactly. Owned by the state, Betty. Because she had money, yeah, state Betty. Property she had money. With no right. Yep. Exactly. But I think Betty's point is uh, the lawsuit. She, Britney Spears thinks that she can recoup the, uh, the $40 million that was lost, but she can't because there were other players helping the father commit the fraud. 
the fraud would have never took place if the examining committee didn't approve of it, the judge didn't approve of it, and the attorneys. And we always blame the family, dysfunctional family members in these guardianship cases, but it all goes back to the judges and the attorneys. And nobody never talks about how these judges and attorneys are committing these misconducts, and, thus, and they're not being held accountable for this. I mean, it's, it comes from the judge, and it comes from the attorneys. And the yeah, and I think they put a, a gag order on Britney Spears because she's not allowed to talk about the people and who they were and what they did to her. They concealed it. Well, the media keeps Andy. talking about her mother, her father, but they don't talk about all the people that were involved in, in guardianizing this woman. Right. Well, well, I remember reading – well, I remember reading when Jordan from Breathe Heavy sent me documents about uh, Sam Ingham, who was involved in the Kasem case and that attempted extortion there, uh, was appointed by the court to Britney Spears. And he gets appointed to a lot of these high-profile cases. And then he had hired another firm to help him litigate, which I think to me is an admittance of incompetence. And But he did nothing yes. for this girl, absolutely nothing. And they were sucking close to a million dollars off of her every year for doing nothing. And this goes on all the time, and you see these same players over and over and over again in these cases. Um, you look at Nichelle Nichols. Uh, she was from Star Wars. She played Lieutenant O'Hara. Uh, she's now the victim of guardianship abuse, uh, the grandson of Disney. They're trying to do him out of $200 million because he's got Down syndrome, a mild form of it, but he's got it. And the judge said he just couldn't see handing that over to him because he had this disability. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but this, this goes on. We have lost control, if we ever had it, of this whole system. And the judiciary represents a direct threat to the public on every level, yes, every level. And it, it needs to be cleaned up, either discarded and done over, which I think is probably the only way you could clean it up. But the idea of these people amassing so much power that they can openly violate the law, violate the Constitution, violate your rights, and get a pass on it, that's got to stop. It's got to stop. This is this whole thing is a joke. It's a sick joke, but it's a joke. Um, there is no law. The last place you'll find law and justice is in a courtroom, and especially when it comes to these cases. They absolutely do not care about the people they are preying on. Absolutely do not care. You couldn't do this kind of stuff to another human being and tell me you have any compassion, any empathy, any sympathy, any sense of humanity whatsoever. You could not do this, not just once, but many, many, many times. And like I say, these politicians, I've seen people going, oh, I've been talking to this senator so-and-so, and I've been talking to this, so and, and I'm working with their office, good for you. You're getting shined. You're just too stupid to know it. They are not going to work to change this system. It's going to have to be us out here in the public. We have got to demand change. We have got to enforce change. How we do that at this point, I really don't know, but I know that's the only way out because the people we've elected to office absolutely do not represent us. And like I say, these bills that they come out with, they're just shams. They're an absolute insult to the public. I would be ashamed as a senator or representative to put my name on something like what I've seen come out recently. 
and say, well, you know, well, I'm doing this to help people. Go ahead. But now they're concealing it. Yes. And that's just like, for example, uh, we have talked about uh, Senator Kathleen Pastone doing that Bill 994 where the guardian can petition the courts to uh, take the ward and cremate the body so there's no autopsies, so there's no liability to the state. Well, the Governor Ron DeSantis did an amendment, uh, Senate Bill 709, where he's saying, well, he, he amended the 994 with three things. He said, one, requires courts to grant permission for the guardian to sign, for guardian to sign, do not resuscitate order, which now the courts have to uh, sign the order uh, before, you know, and uh, yeah, go ahead, Betty. Pasadena is also over the SB 1010 support the decision making. Yeah. Well, she's a revising, helping revise it. Okay, and then the second one is make a mandatory that the guardian report details information regarding the payment. Now, how is that going to show transparency when DCF is over it? Now it's non-disclosure and confidential. So when you go up there and you want to do a, get an audit of your estate, they're not going to allow you to have it. So that's not helping. This new Senate bill that Ron DeSanto did in Florida, it's not helping the public. It's it's helping the state, but not the public. And like the third one, uh, restrict guardians from being able to petition the courts to be appointed uh, to cases unless they are relative to the person in care. Well, this is misleading the public because under the DCF foster care, uh, under the guardianship they just passed, the uh, they, uh, DCF can adopt your grown child if they're over 18 and disabled. They can adopt them out and get tons of money from that federal grant, uh, and you won't never know who adopted your child because it's concealed records. There's a lot of things. And also they can put paper. the children through guardianship, which is yes, making it easier, and they don't have to go through the adoption, which is quicker. Exactly. They do that because then if they have to go through the family law, remember, their goal is to keep it from family law, Betty. So they take it so there's no jury trial, there's no expert testimony, uh, you know, they're, they're making sure that they keep these guardianships out of family law altogether so they can steal estates, abuse, abuse the funds, conceal it through the audit, through DCF. It's a win situation for the state, and it's a loss for uh, the families and their inheritance. So, yes, I'm for completely demolishing the guardianship decision-making I do not approve of because if you read the legislation, Senate bills, it is still tied in with the guardianship. You're not going to be completely away from the guardianship like they're making it look like you are. Well, that's what he said about, you know, look, watching the Bar Association and they're incorporating supported decision-making into the crap they publish and then saying as long as everything is overseen by a good guardian. No, no, no. We need you people out of it. We need these guardians out of it. Supported decision-making. These are people you know, people that are related to you, friends that you've known for people in your community that are willing to help you. And at that point, and if someone is in a condition where they need help, why does that mean that they have to be taken hostage and robbed? Exactly. Why don't we help them? See, I don't understand that. But there again, it gets down to profits. It gets down to profits. This is all about greed. And this is, this is disgusting. All of it is disgusting. And that this goes on. And I tell you what really fires me up is like I say, I see these bills coming out. And they're do-nothing bills. They're fluff and buff. 
and everybody's going, oh, oh, is it? We we finally got a bill, and I worked with them on this bill, and this is a good. It's a nothing bill. It's a nothing bill. It does nothing. What are you it, cheering the, about? To harm the public. Exactly. It and does Marty, nothing. Another thing that's very uh, concerning is the governors in each state and these guardianships. What they're doing now is because so many people have realized DOJ works with DCF, DCS, over all the guardianships. It's federal. It's been approved by each governor. And now the sheriffs now are over investigating DCF, which is a joke. Because they're not going to go against DCF because they get money, more grants, their salaries go up. So it's a, it's a win for them, but a loss for the family. And then with the governor, when he's doing these guardianship executive orders, now it's confidential, meaning that if he does executive order through DCF or uh, Department of Justice or the Attorney General, he's making it confidential so the public can't have it so there's no transparency going on here that's another reason i say we need to completely abolish these guardianships yes i'm here oh, oh, I'm just, oh my oh, goodness and, I've and I, 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 I do want to point out it. yeah go ahead something i wanted to point out that our our organization is USA Citizens Guardianship Task Force. We are not the uh, task force that's supporting the, the SB 1010 supported decision making. We're against because our, our our names are very similar. Very similar, and the, the the other name for this other group that's working with the government, it you know that's misleading because basically they've sold out as far as I can see. How could you support something like this? Well, what they're doing, I can explain uh, to you what they're doing, Marty. So they've been sued so much. Ron DeSantos and Attorney General Moody has been sued so much because their family members have been killed, human sex trafficked, and robbed. Even the neighbor, uh, the mayor of Naples, have reported heinous crimes in these guardianships, and uh, she has been retaliated on by the law enforcement to shut her mouth. Okay, this is the mayor. So you know if the mayor can't do anything to protect their their citizens in their county, no one can. This is why we need to abolish these guardianships because when you speak out of the crimes being committed, you are retaliated on. You have drones following you. You have police officers threatening your life. You have people following you around uh, seven days a week, you know, threatening you to keep your mouth shut about it. I've had several or people they try to charge to you with a crime or something. So, but I'm not going to right. stop because this is our civil rights to be free men, women, and children, and not for our government to own us. So, uh, yeah, U.S. Citizen Guardianship does not endorse these guardianships or decision making. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. Betty. Betty? <laughs> yes, that, uh, yes, I really don't have much, nothing else to say. Oh, okay. okay. I do agree. Well, we do not endorse that at all. No. And you know, here years ago in Florida, it's been about six years ago, um, to show you how sick this whole system is. They had five children, ages five and under, die from the 
use of patients in vaccines. They were used as test subjects. The DCF in Florida was leasing these foster children out as wards of the state property to the pharmaceutical companies and testing all these drugs on them. And it wasn't until several of them died that this came to light, that this is what they were doing. This, Once you become a ward, you are a thing, a piece of property owned by the state. And so when this happens, uh, they were leasing these kids out as if they were just, they referred to them as units. And several of these kids died. And this is when it came to light. There was a bill that came up in the Florida legislature to make this a gross crime. And the FDA ran down there with bags of money from the pharmaceutical companies to make sure that bill did not pass. They are still using foster children as guinea pigs. Once that child is in that system, they are worth a fortune. And it is the yes, same thing are. for adult guardians. And, and also on One, disabled adults, if you look at uh, the yes. uh, Baker Act, they actually use diagnostic yes. testing on the form. Yes. Yeah, and the tests and are all rigged. I mean, it's like when you go into your doctor's office after you reach about the age of sixty, you can go in there because you got a toenail fungus you need help with, and they'll start asking you questions like, "Have you tripped and fallen down? Do you have trouble standing up? Have you fallen down the stairs? Have you thought about suicide? Have you had two or more days in the last week where you did?" These are all trap questions. Don't answer them. The, don't, no matter what answer you give, it's not going to be the right answer. But it is to trap you and put you into a position where they can manipulate you. Go ahead. Marty, you're 100% right. You you, talk, you got on the spot that I was fixing to tell you next about these decision-making. Uh, these, these attorneys are trying to revise some of the language. Uh, like when the ward signs this uh, documentation given DCF authority, uh, what they're going to uh, it's going to it's going to waive their liability, uh, providing immunity from certain actions to certain health care providers and public and private entities, custodians and organizations under certain conditions require educational agencies and institutions to allow supporters to do what they see fit with these wards, which means they can experiment on the body, take body parts. There's nothing you can do. Harvest the organs. Uh, on healthy individual wards and sell their sell their their, their body parts. Uh, I think these decision making is more dangerous. It's, it's dangerous. It's a guardianship, and it's giving states too much control and uh, making millions, trillions of dollar profit. If we talk about it all in the United States, it's worth a trillion dollars. This human sex trafficking, the human harvesting organs is a big commodity in these guardianships that they have started. Yes. And once they sign these contracts, Marty, uh, that they're trying to revise, the doctors can do whatever they want. It's just like if they put me in a guardianship, they could, and I, you know, they could take me in, cut my organs out, sell them. There's nothing I could do about it. You know. And how can I, and how can the hospitals? How can the hospitals justify taking Medicare patients and saying that they're not paying patients and guardianizing them just because they're Medicare patients, which did happen in Florida? 
and and yes. they are making money off the Medicaid. And when they guardianize these people, they're costing taxpayers even more money. So why are they taking these young, healthy, disabled people or and and put them in guardianships? Because when they're at well, the hospital, they do have you, insurance. They have Medicaid. I could tell you yes. one reason. That well, the, a few years ago, uh, Governor uh, Scott, he was trying to do um, – in legislation, get senators to endorse through legislation that if anybody was if if the child was at home with the parents and receiving social security, that um, they would have to be institutionalized. Now he started the movement, and I think that is what got these guardianships wrapped up. And if you think about it, when they do these protective orders and they do these uh, health proxies, that's taking the social security, and that's taking the the child out of the home from the parents. And even if you file a complaint with uh, Social Security that it was stolen under protective order, they won't they won't uh, file any charges against these people. Even if they don't no. have legal authority to have taken that person. Right. If you don't waive your rights, you still can't. Right. Well, the 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 Medicare has admitted through their own auditing that the medical industry bilks Medicare. Out of thirty to sixty billion, that's with a B, every single year, with padded so billing, this, pay. that, and especially with elderly people, they are making a fortune off of elderly people. And you talked about the selling of body parts. I did some shows with Marcia Southwick from uh, NASCA about the selling of body parts. And many times in these guardianship cases, when the person dies unexpectedly, the family isn't notified for weeks or months later, and then it's just an email, oh, they passed away. And we made different funeral arrangements for them, even though they had funeral arrangements in place. What we think is actually happening is that the body is being parceled out and sold off, and there is no funeral and they are notified after the fact because supposedly they were cremated and there's nothing left. And this is, I think this is quite possibly the end of the story. In other words, from start to finish, this is the finish. The parceling out, the cutting up of a human body of a person who was held in guardianship and selling those body parts as a final coup de grace. They sell tendons, bone, tissue, organs, brains, eyes, whatever they can raid out of there. Uh, an arm with the shoulder bone intact can be $7,500. Uh, they sell them to universities. They sell them for research. They sell them to other businesses that trade in human body parts. This is big business globally. They don't want to just kill you. They want to sell you when they're done, too. But I think this is what it's happens true. to a lot of people at the end of, of the trail with guardianship, like I say, where the family isn't notified for weeks and sometimes months that the person has died. This is how they're disposing of them. And they say, oh, well, even though they had funeral arrangements, we changed that. We made other funeral plans for them. This, They're disposing of them this way. They're selling body parts. And this is a right. They have no respect. Like, uh, that Rebecca Furley, she had like nine urns in the storage. Yeah. Uh, she had them on and the shelves the, in the office, ashes. Betty. Yeah, she had right. them on lighted shelves in her office. It was April Parks in Nevada who held them in a storage unit so she could go in and oh, view them yeah. just herself. Yeah, yeah. Furley, we outed Furley 10 years ago for what she was. In 2007, she was totally bankrupt, which should have precluded her from ever being a guardian. In 2010, 
at the end of the year, she, all she had done was guardianship. She was a multimillionaire. She had numerous luxury homes and cars. Um, we outed her then that something was going wrong here. Uh, it took them 10 years to run that dog to ground. And I don't expect much to happen to her. April Parks, as I understand it, is serving something like 40 years, but I doubt she is. And um, there's too many, too many people in this that have made, and never in any of these bills, girls, have you noticed, in none of these bills is there any provision for restitution for what you stole from a family. What you right. stole, they get to keep all the goodies they stole. So what if you exactly. do five to ten years? Like, and there should be no statute of limitation, I feel. We need to have legislation to protect the ward and the family. Like if fraud is committed in a guardianship and the families are forced into it and they can care for their own loved ones, there should be no statute of limitations to sue the, sue the state. And it should not be a limited amount you can sue the state. It should be what the state stole from you. Like, say, uh, some states have caps where you can only recover 100000 No, that's not that needs to change because if they stole like a quarter million or millions, they should have to pay that money back. So each time yes. the state has a clause that you have to petition the claim bill to, to, to sue the state. Well, you know the state is going to only give you the smallest amount possible back. That needs to change. I think in order to resolve this, and I think we would see these guardianships go away if we started doing things like Remove judge's immunity. Uh, remove attorney's yes. uh, immunity, for example. If a, attorneys are licensed, they go to law school. They know the proper legal process. If they don't do it, we need to start filing data against these lawyers and be able to, uh, depending on the part, if it's uh, millions of dollars, if they can help conceal a murder case or a human sex traffic case or a, a rape case, depends on the severity of it, that lawyers should be removed from practicing in any state in the United States. Because what happens is when these judges get called and they get barred from practicing in that one state, they'll just jump over to another state and continue on their, their yep. scam. And they've done this so many times, they know the system in and out. And if they get caught, they'll jump to another state. We need to make it a federal database. And with their pictures, current pictures, we need to start making judges take psychological testing every year to see if they're fit yes. to stand on uh, and a, the bench. And a lie detector test. A, a lie yes. detector test should be have, administered every year. Yep. Exactly. We have need you to have TV cameras have you in there. A case? We need yep. to have TV cameras in there recording, and you have to make it mandatory. Before you leave that proceeding, you get a copy of everything. Don't give it because we know the court's transcription department, they alter documents all the time. Make it to the point they can't alter and commit fraud. That's what we need to come up with, solutions to the problem. These judges are doing ex, pay, uh, ex, parte, communication ex parte communication under the they do the, the way they get by with that is they go under the protective um, order through DCF. They can do these ex parte orders and they get by with it. But we need this. We need this. Uh, get these loopholes sealed. Well, they can't do that because if DCF and the opposing parties having these hearings and leave it out the person they're claiming committed these heinous crimes, that needs to be stopped. We need due process in our courts again. We need to hold judges accountable and remove immunity if they're following po proper policy procedures and regulations why do we have to have them to have immunity that's 
outdated. We're in a we're in a 21st century. We need to get away from immunity. Do you know any other place in this country that works that has immunity? If you commit a crime and you you know you go outside the policy procedures, one or two things is going to happen. You're going to depending on the crime, you're going to get arrested or you're going to lose your job. Give it to the the same same policies procedures everybody else has. Make it implemented to the judges. Remove their immunity, and I guarantee you, ninety percent of this stuff will stop. These judges. Well, you know, here. What is it? Two years ago, they were talking about this immunity thing, and the Supreme Court actually issued a statement that said they have to have immunity because if they didn't. Otherwise, judges would be afraid to hand down certain decisions. Well, the only reason I can think of you'd be afraid to hand down decisions is because it was a corruption of the law. You knew it was wrong. And why else would you be afraid if it was the correct decision? You wouldn't be worried about this. This is a protection racket. And this is what I'm saying. This is a protection racket. And we have allowed – our government has allowed – this thing to turn into a monster it is a danger to the public on every level there should be no immunity if you supposedly have this degree that says you're special um you should know what you're doing and if you made an anonymous mistake admit it we'll deal with it but that is what this is they reinterpret they they go ahead I also want to point out something very important about these judges and and these lawyers with this decision-making. What they have done is implemented the support decision-making agreement with all the different states are going to be going out. Now, remember, they have wrote this. This is going to be a statutory form that the board has to fill out, which means you're you're waiving all your federal rights. And I want to point that out because I think that's critical to remember that once you sign this statutory form, you waive all your federal rights and your constitutional rights, and then you go into the, uh, the, the statutory uh, regulations of each state they have. So you don't want to do that. What you want to do is keep them on federal levels at all times, because once you sign this form, you, you're done. You have no civil rights no more. You can't appeal it. You can't go to the Supreme Court no more with this stuff. And that's another hidden thing they're doing now, that they're not informing I the wonder public. if they're le- allowing disabled people, like, like that, that lady Brenda, when her daughter signed her rights away when she was 18, but she had the mentality of a 12-year-old. I wonder if they're allowing disabled people or, or, or people that are uh, in, um, on psychotic drugs to sign their rights away. They're the, doing the that. Sort. They're heavily medicated. But on the form, it will clearly state, and this is how the state's going to get by with it in each state, it's going to read a statutory form for a support decision-making agreement. Now, it's supposed to come out in 2022. All states will be getting this form. Once the board signs this, you, you have given up all your constitutional rights to the state. You have no more rights. You can't appeal it because the Supreme Court will knock it back down. So remember, on what that form statutory means, you're waiving all your civil rights. Don't do that. Wow. But a ward would not know that. No, the ward wouldn't do that. That's why this is a trick. See, what's happened, Betty, is say somebody, uh, they heavily medicate somebody. Say somebody can pass examination test and they don't qualify for a guardianship. Well, say they put the person in a guardianship. Well, now they have to cover their, their liabilities assets of the state, so they'll heavily medicate the person. They'll give this form to this person that's heavily medicated and say, well, sign this. You're going to get out of guardianship. 
Well, they're so heavily medicated, they can't read. They don't have clarity. They don't even know probably what a statutory means. So they sign it because they want out. They want and the language home. would be misleading, too. The language Just like in the misleading. Baker Act, very misleading. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, most people won't understand what statutory means. It means you're taking away your constitutional rights, your federal constitutional rights, and giving it to the state. No, 99% of people don't even realize what's fixing to hit the fan in 2022. Wow. Uh, it just amazes me at the lengths they'll go to it. Peggy, Betty, both of you, I want to hear your opinion on – now, I am dead set against uniform laws. And especially when it comes to guardianship, conservatorship, because all this means is they can truck over into the next state and they can keep doing what they're doing. And uh, they said, oh, you know, it's voluntary. You can sign on or not. To me, uniform laws, this removes the right of an individual state to make its own decisions about these mm -hmm. things. So if they adopt uniform laws, you forfeited that. And the state can't come in afterwards and say, no, we're not going to do it that way because you agreed to this. Um, I don't like uniform laws. Every, all of this should be decided within each state. And I, I, I just – I've never – I never thought I'd see the day when the public in this country – you aren't – they they talk about people with guns and who's a threat and blah blah blah. The people you need to afraid of are the people who say I'm from the government. That's yes. who's going to hurt you. That's who's going to do a job on you. These people out here, these supposed criminals. Yeah, you might run into one here and there, big whoop. But it's the people that are from the government. I mean, how many times have these DCF people just in the last year been dragged into court for lying, for fabricating stuff? For taking children for no good cause, and yet really nothing happens behind that. I mean, they say, yeah, you did it. Don't do it again. Uh, what about these children? What about these children? And I think that's what everybody loses sight of. What about these children that they did this to? What about these elderly people that they have isolated and tortured mentally, trauma-based bonding? terrorize these people and like you say they only have to see them once a year and in some states they only have to see them once every two sometimes three years how can you possibly say that you are guarding someone and looking after them if you don't even have to see them i i, I don't get that where is that, that is so irrational makes so little sense that who in their right mind could stand up with a straight face and say that but they do they do. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know how I agree with you. This whole system needs to be abolished. If you're going to do this to someone, you take them into a civil court where they have the Constitution and their rights. You give them due process. You present your evidence. And it's not going to be just a matter you stood up and said so because you're a guardian and so that's it. And in probate, they can levy any kind of charge. They don't produce any evidence. They are not asked for any evidence. It's put down on the record as if it's a fact. You're not allowed to dispute it. You're not allowed to disagree with them. No one can speak on your behalf. You don't get a jury trial. You get a person sitting up there that is not a judge of the law, but is a hearing examiner or a ministerial clerk, and in some places a magistrate, which is a governor-appointed whatever and 
your your rights are taken away from you. Take it into civil court. This is where it was before. Before somebody figured out if you put it into a probate tribunal, took it out of the law, there was a lot more money to be made. And, of course, the system kicked into high gear. And we see – we've heard from people in Japan and England, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Germany. The same system is in play all around the globe. It is – they are doing this all around the globe. They may have different terms for what they call probate court or what they call judges or whatever. It may have different – but it's the same system. And mm-hmm. – they are culling the elderly, and they are taking all of their assets, and I only hope and pray that the people that do this fall victim to the same game so they can know firsthand what kind of misery they cause. I think of that I every also, day. I pray for it every day. I do, too. I want to point out something, too, that uh, I found they're doing a little trick to the ward. A judge will sign a uh, order appointing ad litem from the, the criminal and regional center. And that attorney gets appointed. Now, that attorney can sign this statutory waiving that ward's right once that judge does that order. So that's another trick they're doing so that ward has no rights. He does not or she does not have to sign this to lose their civil rights. Once that judge appoints ad litem attorney to that ward, that attorney can make all the decisions, which I think is completely a conflict of interest. Peggy, Peggy, what does I've had people, many people ask me this, and I can't say that I honestly know for sure. What is an ad litem guardian? What does what that it mean? Is, it's an attorney that is appointed for someone that they overlook to make sure that they go through the examining committee uh, to make sure this person is not capable of taking care of themselves, and and they and it's under a DCF protective order. And, you know, they do it behind closed doors. You don't even know what they did, when they did it. And, like, for me, example, they had hearings. I never was served papers, didn't even know they did this until, uh, like, a year or two later, I found out they did this stuff. Uh, It's very scary. Uh, The judges are the main culprits in these guardianship scams. They really are because if you look at it, how could the police be able to do the Baker Acts and institutionalize the person without the court order? How would the DCF be able to move the person to another state without the judge's court order? It goes back to the judge. The judge is responsible, and that's why I believe they should remove their immunity because, see, half the stuff they know they're doing that's criminalized, they wouldn't do it if they had to waive their immunity because they know they're breaking the law, but they're getting by with it because of these immunity clauses. And that's what I've tried to tell people, too. Everything that happens in probate is facilitated by that person sitting up there calling themselves a judge who is not actually a judge. Nothing happens without their say-so and approval. They're the person who makes sure the system runs the way it's planned, and they should be the first persons held accountable. I agree. That's why I believe... In order to get transparency, we have to start with these judges. Yep, I agree. I agree. And so let's, we've got about 15 minutes left here. Go ahead. What? 
When I worked for the state, well, I just, uh, yeah, I was under the immunity yeah. clause, but I didn't worry about anything because if you're following policy, procedure, and regulations, you don't need to worry about immunity. If you're doing your job correctly. Yeah. So we've got about 15, well, now about 13 minutes left here. What's What are possible avenues to correct any of this? And I think that's where we need to go next. I hope you girls will come back next Wednesday night. And let's okay. talk about resolution. How do we fix this? What can we do? What are some well, viable options? I know what we have to do in order for this to work. We have to be on federal level. It has to go through Congress because Congress is the one that is uh, supporting the federal funds that's going through these guardianship programs, Marty. In order to tackle this head on, we have to have to get on the petition to go through legislation in Washington, D.C., we have to have 100,000 signatures. That may sound like a lot, but it's not. We can get there. If everyone would tell their family members that we're going to be doing a change.org very soon and petitioning this to go in before January, we'll have this up and running very soon, launching it and talking to everybody. You don't have to be in a guardianship for this to affect you. This needs to be abolished to protect your inheritance, your your rights uh, to, to go to the doctors, not feel threatened that you're going to be put in hospice and die, or have your body parts removed from you and having healthy organs. And under these DCF disclosures, there's no way that, you know, you can get your medical records. It's no transparency in, in these guardianships, and this is why it must be going through legislation, through Congress. We have 100,000 signatures. We have people that are victims that need to stand up through the hearings, and you have hearings that we would have to go through and, and testimony to show why this should be justifiable to abolish this program. This is where we need to be going. This is the only direction I see, because if we allow this decision-making to be approved, you see what they're doing, and it, and it clearly does not – they don't play around anymore. It clearly will stay on the forms. You're removing your statutory – it don't say rights, but it says statutory forms, which means you're removing all your federal constitution rights. You don't have no rights. You're giving yourself, your bank account, your land to the state to own. The governor holds the bond on the wards. That's how he gets his federal money from the government, from Congress, to allocate so much money that goes to these uh, these guardianships. That's where we need to, to uh, destroy their funds. And DCF, now Senator Schaefer went through Congress. She had a 300 FBI agents from the state of Florida all the way to Georgia, where you live at, Marty, and she proved that DCF was nothing but a racketeering ring, and she also wrote her recommendation order that if they did not dissolve DCF, they would harm the public, and she felt that it would go national, which it has in every state, and that she also feared that if they did not dissolve DCF because they were they are a racketeering ring, she, she made through her findings through the FBI and law enforcement, that it would go into other agencies, the corruption would grow bigger and bigger, and it would destroy the family unity. And that's exactly what it has done. Everything yes. that Schaefer that's went to Congress and reported on, it has destroyed the family unit. And they inherited. And now the government has become so wealthy from destroying the family unit. 
yes. And see, and I brought this up recently. A lot of people, uh, you know, say, oh, it's the gays, it's the transgender, it's this one and that one, and they're destroying the traditional family unit. No, they're not. They don't have the power to do that. The only people that have the power to do that is your government, and they are doing a fine job, but they have deflected responsibility over to this group of people that you don't like. And so you feel safe in attacking them, but you won't go after the people that are actually causing you harm. And this whole thing, I remember reading and researching when I first got into this topic years ago, uh, when they set up DCF as it exists today, it was after the Children's Health uh, Protection or some such act chips, and they set up DCF, and it very quickly became so lucrative that APS was modeled on it and they opened up adult protective services which runs the same way dcf does and it's a, a predator system and it's a way of yes it is of, of racketeering and trafficking human beings and we see them constantly referring to people they have kidnapped and isolated stri- taken from their families as units as merchandise that's how callous this system is and you have these and traders. It's the you system. Not I'd like to point people. out. It's yeah. the system that owns the predators. And Nancy Schaefer says yes. that ninety-something percent of the time, they take a young male child and they will uh, accuse them of a heinous or sexual crime that was never committed. To to guardian you know yep. to to put them you in foster care. Why they do that is because why? if they label the person as a sex predator. They get like a sixty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. It's been a few years ago. I checked on the prize, but I'm sure it's probably three or four hundred thousand now. They get such a lucrative amount of funds just laboring that person, labeling that person. Excuse me, to the point where they're labeling all males that way, so they can, uh, so they can justify getting that those funds. They don't get yes. a jury trial. Yep. They don't get an attorney, and they're not allowed to have their own attorneys to these guardianships. Right. And it's an attorney that works with that probate tribunal, and that's when we also investigated several of these cases up in Minnesota. You see the same hearing examiner, the same attorneys, the same guardians, the same doctors, the same psychiatrists, and they just loop around and they hit one person after another person. One of the cases I set in on up there in Minnesota, it was a person who had died, had a sizable estate, left a will and a trust and all of this, and the hearing examiner said, uh, he didn't know what to do there because the way he interpreted the will, he thought the man meant something else entirely. Apparently, he was clairvoyant. But I counted 16 attorneys lined up down the wall to file a motion into that case to tap that estate. And every time they do that, that hearing examiner makes money. Every time yes, a motion is brought in front of that court, he gets a percentage of the estate. And I think one of the sickest aspects of this whole system is forcing the victim to finance the predators. That has got to be the most twisted, disgusting, sickening. If you've actually got a case against someone, you should be able to finance it yourself. But they make the victim pay them to prey on them. And that has got to stop. It has got to stop. I have been willing for the last 12 years with these fraudulent guardianships, and I have spent a fortune losing my estate, paying tons, thousands upon thousands of dollars to attorney to only steal it and not file proper documentations, file proper petitions, file proper motions, 
and there's no repercussions when these these attorneys don't no. do their job correctly. And when I tell the judge, well, they didn't do this, they didn't do that, the judge is supposed to sanction these attorneys for not f- properly filing. They never do. This is why I'm saying no. we need to remove those judges' immunity because they know what the policies yep. and procedures and regulations are. They don't need to have immunity. Uh, or if they do, then they're incompetent and they don't need to be a judge. Right. There you go. There you go. That this this whole system is so sick. I'm surprised we were able to stay on air tonight. Um, there was a lot of interference getting this show up, and we've encountered a lot of that here recently with shows we've been doing. Uh, I just I don't know how we get out of this, but we've got to get out of it. These people have got to be held accountable. They got to be subject to the same laws that you and I are. If you did to an elderly person what these guardians and these probate courts do to them, you'd be in prison. Why are they allowed to do it and walk away and say, oh, we have immunity? Well, we are voting ourselves as the public immunity from probate. We, we don't want any part of it. It was supposed to be simply – probate was only supposed to become active upon presentation of the death certificate. <laughs> and the only job of the hearing examiner was to make sure that the uh, inheritance, if there was any, went to the people it was supposed to go to. When they took it, and that's been about 16 years ago, out of civil court, they put this guardianship thing out of civil court and put it into probate. It, this was by design. This was a system set to be nothing but predators, and it has worked out well for them, but everything must come to an end, and I hope that we see the end of this. Like I say, I'd like you girls to come back next Wednesday night, and let's talk about resolutions. What can we do? What are our possibilities? What are our possible options? What's it going to take to get this stopped? We know we can't depend on politicians. They're not going to help us. Go ahead. Right now, if you start seeing these forms come out within January, they'll start releasing these forms. You'll know the only direction we have to go for resolution is on the federal level because each state is proposing their own statutory guidelines, which will waive also by the government, the state you live in. So the only way we can really do anything at this point, because it's gotten too far, uh, to take it on the federal level, and people need to wake up and realize that just because you're not in the garden does not mean that they can't. You won't be in one tomorrow or the next day. There if you go. There you go. Your assets, you are target for them. Okay. It doesn't matter. You are what female male. It doesn't matter what you are. What country. But like I say, you can be worth a fortune just in them shopping you around to different agencies, uh, medical suppliers. Uh, you can be worth a small fortune. So don't think you have to have an estate for them to tap you. Um, exactly. we got that yeah, one big predator up there. Uh, they take the federal funding. So I yes, I'm on air. Okay, we've got about two minutes left here, girls. Any final statements? Yeah, we're going to be working on launching a movement uh, on a federal level 
where we can get to Congress. We need a hearing, and everybody needs to participate. This is not just one person doing it. It's all of us. This is all of our civil rights at stake here. And I feel that once everyone starts seeing these Senate bills coming out in 2022, they will see that we must do something. We have less than a year before we become a communist country. This is not a conspiracy theory. These are facts. If you start reading the Senate bills and seeing how the government is finding ways to own you, uh, it's very scary, very disturbing, and we don't have much time left. We have to do something now. We have to start preparing for January to start hitting the legislation. Wow. Okay. Well, let's plan on you girls coming next Wednesday night. And um, um, excuse me. And let's focus on that. That'll be our format for next week. And we're going to keep doing these shows with you until we come up with a good recipe for how we can fix this. See what will work and what won't. Um, Get your petition together, Peggy. I'll be glad to sign it. and what is it? It's the USA Guardianship Task Force, not that BS one down there in Florida. It's, it's USA right? Citizens Guardianship Task Force. Okay. And their Guardianship Improvement Task Force. And our goal okay. is to abolish right. the guardianship. I want everyone to understand that we are trying to protect everybody's civil rights. We're not here to, yes. uh, to uh, agree with any of these statutory because we believe every man and woman and child has the rights to be free and not be owned by their state they live in. Yeah, and, and well, should have due process. I, I believe in the Constitution. Yes. I do too. Well, that's pretty much in the dust these days. But the Supreme Court said they can't hear any of these cases. Anything that's in rem, meaning in motion in the state, is owned and is the property of the, the state. And that word property and owned, what are you talking about? uh, Anyway, we've got seconds left here. Girls, thank you so much. We will be back next week. Ward. Say what? Prisoner. I shall leave you with the last word. Ward means prisoner. That's what they call us, the ward. Yes. That's right. The victims are called wards. Okay, everybody, thank you. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. We will be back with these girls next Wednesday night and talk more about this. Again, thank you for being here. We appreciate your patronage. Talk soon. Good night. Good night.